It's repentance that throws pride in the garbage. It's repentance that ushers in a brokenness, listen, that is irresistible to the Father. I mean, Psalm 51, verse 17, it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God is not looking for the external, um, outward religious Pharisee. He could care less about that. God is looking for the genuine man or woman who is pursuing Him with the understanding they are broken in and of themselves and therefore they need God so much to create in them a clean heart. Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. We're so glad that you have joined us here today. Maybe you're joining us for the first time at Live in the Light. We want to let you know what this ministry is all about. We believe that God radically transforms lives through the revelation of God's truth. And so this ministry exists to present God's truth to you boldly, clearly. And I'm so glad to be joined in studio today with our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And for those of you who are just joining us, we're in the middle of a series entitled A Change of Heart. We're going through a much-loved, very familiar, but super fresh Psalm, Psalm 51. And today we hit the verse, create in me a clean heart. Today's all about cleansing, right, Robbie? Yeah. And Craig, if you get your heart in the right place, everything else will flow from that because what does the Lord ultimately want? Why does God allow trials? Why do things not go the way we think they should sometimes? Why do we find ourselves in struggles and pain and suffering the consequences of our sin? Well, one of the huge reasons those things take place is because ultimately it's a battle for the heart. And if God wants anything from our lives, He wants our hearts. Listeners, listen, listen to this. God wants your heart. And when He gets it, He has you. And that's what today's message is about. That's why it's so important and so critical. It is worth taking the time to stop, to sit still, and to soak in the contents of Psalm 51. When the model of life change is apprehended, comprehended, and then delivered with application, your life will not be the same. So we encourage you, take in all these truths and try to sit down and maybe write notes and just want to encourage you again. If you let the Lord have your heart, you will not be disappointed. That's the opportunity we find through the life of David as he seeks the Lord and through our lives as we seek the Lord as well. In Jesus' name, may it be so today for our listeners who are loved so much through this ministry. All right, well, without further delay, let's get to the text again this morning. Psalm 51, verse 7, a heart that is cleansed. Please find a Bible and turn to Psalm 51. Find a Bible and turn to Psalm 51. Loved ones, um, I'm going to waste no time today. Um, There's an urgency to today's service, and that's because there's an urgency in today's passage There's a seriousness to today's service because there's a seriousness to today's passage. But that also means there's a supernatural opportunity within today's service because of the instruction and the importance of what we're learning today in the word of God. So here's the bottom line for today. You ready? You ready? Um, God wants your heart. God wants 
your heart. And he has brought Psalm 51 to the forefront of our hearts today in order to get it. So let's be clear about this too. Today is not a coincidence. Either you came here early or you got dragged in here late. Today is not a coincidence. Today is completely and fully under the sovereignty of the one and only God. So listen, and I suggest listen carefully because the Lord God Almighty is calling your name. He's calling for your heart. In verses one to six from last week, we saw that God was laying down through David a foundation of confession and repentance. Why is that so important? A foundation of confession and repentance is so important because before any great work of God is going to be seen, there must be genuine confession and repentance. Why? Because it's repentance that cultivates the soil of our hearts, preparing it to bear beautiful fruit. It's repentance that throws pride in the garbage. It's repentance that ushers in a brokenness, listen, that is irresistible to the Father. I mean, Psalm 51, verse 17, it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God is not looking for the external, um, outward religious Pharisee. He could care less about that. God is looking looking for the genuine man or woman who is pursuing him with the understanding they are broken in and of themselves and therefore they need God so much to create in them a clean heart. The sacrifices God wants from us today is a brokenness that is irresistible to him. Pride he opposes, but he gives grace to the humble. He rushes to the aid to the side to meet the person who knows they need him. This is what David is doing today. This is the opportunity. It's confession and repentance then that leads to a heart that is cleansed. And a heart that is cleansed is a heart that is changed. And a heart that is changed by the power of God and the grace of God, that is a heart that begins to see everything starts to change. We're gonna learn today that when you go from genuine confession to a genuine cleansing from the Lord, then what happens in your life, you begin to know a joy that you've never known. You find renewal in the Lord and we're praying you will find revival itself by the grace and the work of God in your heart. Loved ones, listen, listen, God wants your heart and you better be ready because he's coming for you. He's coming for you today. Now, why does he come for us? Because he loves us. And because he loves us, he pursues us. See, if he didn't love us, he just let us go on our own and in our sin and ruin our lives. But because he loves us, he comes for us. And the reason he comes for us, because he pursues us and he pursues us because he wants to cleanse us. And the reason he wants to cleanse us is because he wants to revive us. All because he loves us. Because he loves, he comes, he calls, he pursues in order to cleanse today. Order to revive. God wants your heart. I'm telling you, man, watch out because he's coming for you. He's coming for you today. Some of you for the first time ever. Some of you, it's been a long time, but today's the right time. Psalm 51, verse seven. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean, David prays. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Here we go. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your, of your, of your salvation 
and uphold me with a willing spirit. We have one main point today because in the end, this point, nothing else really matters. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, our subject matter today matters more than your career. It matters more than paying your bills. It matters more than your pursuit of education. It matters more than your security. Our subject today is more important than your physical health. Our subject matter today is even more important than your family or those who you love most. Here's why. Because if you don't have today right, you've got nothing right. But if you have today right, when it comes to your heart before the Lord, then you have everything right because the grace of God begins to flow down through your life and starts to speak to every facet of your life. If you get today right, you get everything right by the grace of God. What's the point of today? If you walk away with one thing today, here's what I want you to walk away with. And here's our first point, And here's the whole point of today's message is this. Oh God, I need a clean heart. Oh God, I need a clean heart. God, please, please, God, please. I need you to create in me a clean heart. It was Jesus who said in Luke chapter six, I'll read it for you, it'll be on the screen as well. He said this in Luke chapter six. He said, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes gathered picked from a bramble bush. His point is this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart, everything's about the heart. Everything in life is about where our heart is at. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure in his heart produces evil. And again, here's his overall point. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's Jesus' point there? Again, it's this. Listen, your root will determine your fruit. Your root will determine your fruit. And because we know we ultimately cannot change our root, only God can, that's when we start crying out, oh God, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, I need you to change my root. Oh God, I need you to bear fruit through my life. Oh God, I need you to clean my heart. And this is what David completely understands. That's why he cries out our theme verse in verse 10. That's why he says, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Loved ones, who alone can take a heart of stone and cause it to become a heart of flesh? Who alone can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone? Who alone can take a wretched heart of sin and cause it to become a glorious and beautiful heart of righteousness? There's only one who can change the heart and it's the Lord God Almighty. And so therefore, do not miss David's words. They're too important. They're too beautiful. He says, create. Create in me, oh God, a clean heart. He says, a clean heart is only created by God. A heart is cleansed not by man's effort. A heart is cleansed not by man's striving. A heart is cleansed not by religious behavior and a heart is certainly not cleansed by any form of human psychology. The only way a heart is truly cleansed is the grace of our God when he chooses to create a new and what does God create from? He creates from nothing. He doesn't take a part of us and then use it. No, he takes all of him and he puts it in us. When we understand this theology, this is when the plea becomes desperate. Oh God, I need you to create in me a clean heart. And so today we are, we are literally praying with expectation in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, this isn't a game. In the name of Jesus Christ, that God would create 
He would create clean hearts within us. Notice in verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Listen, every person who genuinely desires to love Jesus Christ, when you genuinely desire to love Jesus Christ, then you are a person who longs for the purity and the holiness that is found in him. When you love Jesus Christ, you long to be clean. The person truly seeking the Lord, they can't stand their sin. In fact, they hate their sin because when they see Jesus Christ, they know they want to be like him. Therefore, they long in their innermost part to be clean. Beloved ones, again, listen to the word today. The truly clean heart can only be created by God. And it's our part then, as with David, to long for, to beg God for the clean heart that only he can create within us. Look at verse seven. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Hyssop was a a bush that was used in the Old Testament for the ceremonial cleansing of, of lepers. Think about David's imagery then as he says this. So just as the priest would take the branch of the hyssop bush and sprinkle it with either blood or water, seven times upon the leper, declaring him to be clean. David here says, God, you must purge me of my sin. God, you you must wash me of my sin because God, when you wash me, then I will be whiter than snow. Tell me what is more pure or white in nature than snow? Yet David prays here, would you wash me, Lord, that I would be whiter than even snow? I hate sin. I hate sin so much. I hate it in my life. I hate it in others. I hate sin, why? Because it defiles us. I hate sin because it makes us miserable. I hate sin because it ruins lives. I hate sin because it wrecks churches. I I hate sin because it causes us to just look so disgusting and filthy. I hate sin because it breaks up marriages. I hate sin because it hurts children so much. I hate sin because it messes our world up over and over and over again. I hate sin because it stains our heart. It defiles our minds. I hate sin because it's a tool of Satan. I hate sin. I hate sin. It wrecks everything. It wrecks everything. It's so awful. I hate it. There's nothing redeeming about it. I hate sin. But this is when we look up as David did and we are filled with hope and we cry, Lord, because I hate my sin, therefore I need you to create in me a clean heart. God, I I need you alone that you can do it. You're the only one who can take this heart of sin and cause it to become clean again. Oh God, please, would you create in me a clean heart? Would you create in me, oh God, a clean heart because you can do it. Please, Lord, take our sin. Cleanse us from our sin, Lord. Take take our pride. Take the sexual sin in here right now. Take the perversion. Take the greed. Take the self-pity. Take our lust. Take our bitterness. Take our anger. Take our unforgiveness. Take our selfishness. Take our anxiety. Take our complaining. Take our self-indulgence. Take our vanity. Take our idolatry. Take our jealousy, take our hate, take our materialism, take my envy, take take our profanity, take my drunkenness. Take our hypocrisy, take our laziness, God. Take our self-righteousness. Oh God, I need a clean heart. Oh God, I need you to create in me a clean heart. 
But listen, bless David here. Bless him in the Psalm for his authenticity, for his sincerity, for his genuine nature of confession. Think about what he's done. He's written these words down, being led by God for the whole world to see. And so often you and I, we're afraid to become clean with one aspect of our lives because we're fearful people think of us and we're too proud to let people know what's really happening inside. It's a tragedy how many Christians forfeit the grace and power of God through their lives because they're unwilling to ever really become real before God or anyone else. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy how many men go to their graves literally without ever knowing the full power and blessing of God because their pride has prevented them from releasing control of that which belongs to God anyways. And they hold and they hoard and they won't admit what's been wrong. They won't come clean. They don't believe in brokenness and they don't believe that God upholds the proud and gives grace to the humble and they forfeit God's grace and love to his full measure in this lifetime because they're too proud. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. And some of you here, even right now, the example of David, David doesn't care what a person thinks. David doesn't care what's going on. He just knows before God, that's all he's got. At the end of the day, his only identity is in Jesus Christ. Be released today. It does not matter what person A, B, or C thinks of you. It does not matter what your status you think. It does not matter of trying to control your reputation. God sees it all and he's the only one who counts. It's pride that gets in the way from us seeing a broken heart and therefore experiencing the joy, the power, the renewal, the grace, and the love of God to truly flow through our lives. Some of you will be asked today by God for the first time ever to allow yourself to be broken and to actually admit what you know has been there all along. And as you do that, you will begin to encounter the grace of God in a way you have ever, never known before. That's the opportunity. Notice in this Psalm, David is not saying, save me. David is saying, cleanse me. Let's understand this. Let's understand this. At the moment of our conversion, a genuine conversion by faith in Jesus Christ, the penalty of sin is removed. The penalty, that's justification. You are innocent now in the sight of God. But, At the moment of genuine conversion, once you are justified, you begin the process of sanctification where the battle for sin is on. The battle for the power of sin is on. Again, that is called sanctification. So as a genuine believer, our sin cannot change our status before God. Once saved, always saved. Jesus Christ saves you, you're saved forever. Listen, but our sin can clog his power through us. All of us have experienced drains at one point or another that have become clogged and either water is slowly trickling through or has stopped altogether. Let's take a bathroom drain. You ever notice the stuff that gets in your drain that starts to clog it? It is gross, all right? And it's black and hairy and filthy and disgusting. And one man came up to me last service. He goes, you realize, Robbie, that... That's our DNA and your hair that's in that drain. It's, it's, it's us, it's us in that drain. But if you pull it, it's just black and it's just, it's so gross and sick. So when you have a clogged drain, I get strange pleasure from these things, but I go buy a very powerful 
a portion of liquid Drano and you, and you get this liquid Drano stuff and you go to the sink and, and you begin to pour it down. And I know that as the chemicals are released, I can imagine that disgusting filth is being eaten at and dissolved and disintegrated. And then you turn on the water and the water begins to flow and the, and the pipe begins to be cleared and the water no longer is clogged, but it flows through the drain. And inside I'm like, take that disgusting filth. Take that, you hideous creature that is alive in my sink and you're gone forever. And I, I, I look at myself sometimes, I go, why do I love this stuff so much? Why does this fire me up? Whether it's weeds in the garden or whether it's even a dirty plate after a meal saying, get off that, that clean plate, make it clean again, or a clogged drain. I'm tell, I think it's because inherently within me, within me, there's this understanding. These are all metaphors. They're metaphors for the reality that I want my heart to be cleansed before Lord. I want the filth of sin to be unclogged. I don't want it to get there again because I'm, I'm so sick of myself. I want the joy and the power and the love and the freedom and the grace of God and sin gets in the way. So God, you must clear my drain. God, you must unclog my heart. God, I want your living water to flow through me. That, that is what God wants to do. But, but, but this, this is the point of the Psalm right now. This is, this is what David's saying. God, unclog my drain. God, the sin is in the way. And for too long, I haven't cared. And David's like, I care now. Boy, I care now. And God, but you're the only one. You're the only one who can create in me a clean heart. You're the only one. And let me tell you this. When your heart experiences genuine confession and then genuine cleansing, I'm telling you, listen, You better get ready because blessing is coming. When your heart is cleansed by the Lord, wow, blessing is coming. What kind of blessing? This is what we see from our sub points here today. If your heart is genuinely cleansed, you're gonna find a few things. Here's the first thing you'll find. You'll find joy. You will find joy when your heart is truly cleansed by God. Look at verse eight. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken That's amazing. Rejoice, he says. So David right here, he's anticipating the blessing of a clean heart. He's anticipating it and he knows it's packed with joy. Notice first the phrase, let the bones that you have broken. Okay, that's the effect of sin. Breaks our bones. At least it feels that way. Sin affects the innermost portion portion of our soul. You know, um, Psalm 32 Psalm 32, its context, many scholars believe, is the same context as Psalm 51, David's sin with Bathsheba and his murder with Uriah. Notice what David says here in Psalm 32 in the context of sin. He says this, notice, this is, this is amazing to me. He says, for when I kept silent, now silent is when I did not confess my sin, when I did not repent of what I knew was there. When I kept silent with my sin, my bones wasted away the innermost portion of me to the, to the very nature of my bones. It felt like they were wasting away through my groaning all day long. Just before he confessed his sin, when he was silent with his repentance, when he didn't do it, he was groaning all the time. It was so heavy upon him. I feel like he was hollowed out from the inside. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. That's amazing. Some of us right here in this room right now, you feel like the hand of God is heavy upon you. It's heavy upon you. And that's because, well, it could be because, because of the sin that is unconfessed within your life. Notice my bones wasted away. Some of you here today feel like your bones are wasting away. Notice through my groaning all day long. 
There's a lack of peace. There's a lack of rest. There's a lack of certainty in what the Lord is doing. Notice for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. And notice this, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Now we haven't had many heat waves this summer. When you have a real strong heat wave, you know, you get outside and it just, it's so hot and it does sap your strength. David says, before I came clean with my sin, this is all the things that were happening through my life. Some of you are here right now and the truth be told, you're exhausted. You're exhausted. There's a heaviness upon you. There's no peace that you can find. There's a groaning within. Could it be that it's not your workload? Could it be that it's not a simple need of rest? Could it be that it's because your drain is clogged? Could it be because there's sin in your life and heart that is yet to be dealt with by the Lord? David's saying in his life, that was what the problem was. He withheld his sin from the Lord. But once he confessed it, everything began to change. But then David says, let me hear joy and gladness. See that the bones that you have broken rejoice, but now he turns again. Let me hear joy and gladness. But the joy and gladness of what? It's the joy and gladness of forgiveness. Forgiveness. You see, the clean heart is the forgiven heart. The clean heart knows it's been forgiven by the Lord and the grace that is offered and granted. And that cleansing of the heart then leads to tremendous joy. So notice where there's true repentance, there's true rejoicing. Repentance and rejoicing always go together. So many people forfeit true joy because they are unwilling to repent. Sin places weight on us. Forgiveness takes it off. Sin shrouds us in darkness. Forgiveness ushers in light. Sin brings on misery. Forgiveness calls in joy. Sin estranges us from God. Forgiveness restores us to God. Sin plagues our conscience. When you are living in sin and you know it, your whole life, you're looking around. Are you gonna catch me? Are you gonna catch me? Are you gonna catch me? Or they're gonna find out it's an awful place to be. It's awful. Oh no, oh no, they're gonna fight. Because you're all the time, you know deep within, there's something going on that you hope no one actually discovers. Sin plagues your conscience. But a person with a clean conscience a person with a clean conscience, you stand up and you say, go ahead, search me. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide. That is a powerful feeling. That is a freedom of, of, of power and joy and blessing from the Lord. But again, the one who has a plague conscience all the time looking around, is she gonna find out? Is she gonna find out? Are my parents gonna know? Oh, they're all the time, man. That stinks. But the power of a clean conscience, this is what David is seeking. This is when the joy and the gladness Come in. Loved ones, when you have a cleansed heart by the Lord, only He can give, you will find joy. You will find joy in the forgiveness and the power of the gospel and the love that He gives. It's awesome. You will also find this blessing when your heart is cleansed. You will find renewal. You will find renewal. Again, look at verse 10. In verse 10, it says, Creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew and renew a right spirit within me. Renew is such a beautiful word. It means to restore, to repair, means to renovate or reconstruct. The idea is to make like new. It implies a restoration to a former state. We've all seen a, a piece of furniture that has been broken down and, and either rusted or tarnished and just looks kind of awful. But then someone comes along and they 
fix that piece of furniture. They put a screw in or they hammer it back together and then they sand it down and then they either paint or they put some varnish on whatever and they do all this work and all of a sudden this piece of furniture now is restored to the way it once was. That's the idea that is happening right here. It's so beautiful and that's what God offers today. Renewal in him through a cleansed heart. There'll be many of us here right now that we think back to the past and we're like, yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when I had a passion for Christ and, and I remember several years ago when my affection for the Lord was very strong and, and I remember when my hunger was truly rooted in the Lord first, but that seemed like that was a long time ago. But, but now if I'm honest, sin has crept in and, and my heart has deceptively grown cold and, and, and my affections have slowly turned to the idolatry of the world. But listen, the Lord calls to you today. He calls to you for renewal in him. He calls for a renovation of the heart because the cleansed heart is, it is the renewed heart. Wow, well, a strong word from God's word today and a message of hope for all of us today. We pray that you receive that from the Lord today and your hearts are encouraged by that and you face this day delighting in the hope that's found in the Lord Jesus. And loved ones, just a reminder, we would love here at Live in the Light, we would love to hear from you if God's been moving in such a strong way, maybe even just today, providing you with that great message of hope. Our phone number is 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-L-I-G-H-T. Or you can reach out to us via our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light.